0: back we're recording a unit for health and fitness podcast for our members how are you chris
1: i'm good how are you today
0: great i'm really good um how have you found your first week and a half back at the gym
1: i feel like i've never seen so many people in my life it's so weird (laughs) it's uh it's so nice being back like it's nice having somewhere to go that's not a coffee shop um and where like I want to stay and speak to all the people um super busy but yeah it's it's super nice being back what about you
0: yeah I just love it like I feel um that's this is what it was meant to be like you know just having everyone around us um getting that atmosphere back uh like I I um just witnessed you take part in the workout today which was a really gassy one and I don't think that anyone would have been able to work as hard as they worked
1: yeah you know? that was intense that was that a surprise was,
0: yeah so um it was if you're not listening to this on the Tuesday it was thrusters and calories 30 20 10. and Chris two hours later is still feeling the yeah
1: effects. uh yeah that's the first time i've gone super like 100 percent intensity in a probably quite a long time really um and i'm feeling it i'm feeling mm-hmm. it right now
0: yeah so what we're going to talk about today is our nasal breathing and um chris didn't funnily enough nasal breathe for that workout but you've been no. doing some nasal breathing like through choice last week haven't you
1: yeah so for the last month or so um up until today that was the first workout that I didn't do only nasal breathing in for like over a month and the difference I've felt and we're going to go through like all the benefits in a second um mm-hmm. I've just felt a lot more comfortable exercising than I would normally have felt um today was like a, de- a definite difference like obviously the intensity was much higher and I was purposefully changing out of that nasal breathing um but just like how I felt mentally physically all the way through the workouts even if I was working like to my maximum potential for what I was doing Mm -hmm. it was uh it was a big difference
0: yeah that's good so um we had this question because we've, we've been including nasal breathing sessions mostly on our Thursday our Thursday session um all the way through lockdown we've had some nasal breathing we've also had some 90 90 What is it 9090 breathing? It's just like nasal breathing while on your back, which everyone loves because it's just so chill. Super
1: easy. (laughs) It's really nice. It's
0: not like this is this an exercise? (laughs) It's one of my favorite
1: exercises.
0: (laughs) Um I don't like if I'm completely honest, don't love coaching it because no one talks because they're all concentrating on breathing through their nose and their mouths are closed. Um and I like uh someone to talk to however um, yeah we we'll have been including it and and we did get a couple of questions people who are enjoying the nasal breathing sessions but just been like okay so why are we doing this and yeah. um, so this podcast we're going to answer that question uh well chris is chris is the expert on the nasal breathing so take it away uh
1: first of all definitely not an expert it's quite a new area for me as well um But I like thinking a little bit more than the the average person, so I'll, uh, I'll do my best. So starting off, your nose is built for you to breathe through it. It has all of the plumbing involved to keep the air as clean as possible, the right temperature and the right humidity. So especially in Scotland, where the temperature goes up and down so much, the humidity goes up and down so much, you are a lot less likely to get like a cough, a cold, any sort of like sore throat, that kind of thing if you're breathing through your nose all the time and this could just be like during the day when you're working the only time you really shouldn't be breathing through your nose is when you're talking so like on the podcast right here we're gonna have to breathe through our mouths the whole time uh or if you're eating or drinking or something like that where you're having to physically like use your mouth for the activity um the I'm next part of that
0: while breathing in and out of my nose
1: good so yeah uh, on the listening side of this you can just relax a little bit more and breathe through your nose yeah, if you um, listening
0: to this podcast right now start nasal breathing
1: yeah um the next part of it is and it kind of goes a little bit towards the the yoga side of it so this will be something you're a little bit more um the expert in is as you breathe through your nose it tends to push you towards the rest and relax side of your nervous system so if we had like fight or flight <sighs> down one end You have rest, digest, relax down the other end. Nasal breathing is going to push you towards the the relaxation side. So although you could be doing something semi-stressful like a workout, you're not going to have to have all of your resources going towards something that it doesn't necessarily need to. Like if you're just doing a 15 minute AMRAP where you're moving at a set kind of steady pace, you don't need to be going like all of your energy into that at that time. You shouldn't be like super stressed. You should be able to kind of just keep moving through it. And it means that your, your nervous system is equal to the effort you should be putting into it at that time. Like today's workout was a total fight or flight, like go for it kind of workout. Mm -hmm. So breathing through my mouth pushed me towards that even more so I could get even more intensity out of it. Uh, Whereas like the Thursday workout is you should be really, really close to that relaxation side. So the nose breathing keeps you there as much as possible.
0: Yeah, I think that's something that we we should definitely like expand on is um that that we don't put nasal breathing in every single session. Um and I can hear Bobby, Bobby's voice um uh, talking about parasympathetic <laughs> nervous system, yes. the rest and digest. Um and yeah, it's really important to have that as well, like see just in everyone's day-to-day life. Um, like we obviously we've just lived through a pandemic. Um we we want to, as much as possible, um, be breathing through our nose because it it relaxes us, it keeps us calm. And if you ever get moments where you are feeling anxious, like there's so much to be said for taking a couple of moments, like two or three minutes, just sitting still, closing your eyes, breathing in and out of your nose. And essentially that's what meditation is. That's all, all like yeah. people, people are like, oh, I'd really like to learn how to meditate, but I don't know how it's just breathing and focusing on your breath and the focus allows you to switch your thoughts off from anything else and um that's all it is really um but yeah. then there absolutely is like crossfit as as a training methodology mostly is in your other uh, nervous system so you're there your fight or flight and i mean there's yeah like people always talk about oh cortisol or like stress hormone being something that you want to yeah. avoid but that's not necessarily true um like it is there it's it's important it needs to be used um but it's just getting that balance in your life
1: yeah i think um if you look at crossfit like we do as many things as possible so that when something comes up you'll be prepared and if you only ever sit and meditate all day and don't let anything stressful happen to you as soon as one little thing happens to you you're you're gonna fall apart like if as soon as like what your dog has to go to the vets or like you get stuck in traffic like you're gonna be an absolute mess like you just can't handle it so Mm -hmm. purposefully stressing yourself out is a good way of actually preparing yourself for times where you're gonna have to handle that stress because other people around you might not be able to like if if you have kids like they're not going to have the same ability to handle situations that you should um or and if they have more of a a handle on that you have some work to do to to bring yourself up to and above their level um like you should they should be able to rely on you rather than than you on them Mm,
0: yep love it okay what's another benefit
1: So if you breathe through your nose, because your nose, like your nostrils are just a smaller hole than your mouth is, your levels of CO2 stay a little bit higher kind of all the time. So the higher your CO2 levels, the faster oxygen gets into your blood, something called the Bohr effect. And I don't know enough about it to explain it. I'm not even gonna bore you with the details um, and try. So more CO2 you have, the faster things swap over. It's like as if you're standing at the top of a really steep hill, and then jump on a skateboard you're going to go down a lot faster than if this the hill is less steep does that does that make sense Mm
0: -hmm. yep
1: i I kind of just made that up in my head as i went along there (laughs) um (laughs) so because you get it so much faster you can then use the muscles more often or or more intensely and then your performance goes up because of that like you you can do say a a rep every 10 seconds, rather than a rep every 20 seconds. If you're, if you're breathing through your mouth, it's, it's hard to really quantify the exact numbers on it, but, um, there's some studies to show that you use oxygen 18 times more efficiently than if you're breathing through your mouth. So like not 18%, like most improvements are like in the five to 10% range, probably 18 times. So like, if you could do one rep, it would be 18 reps wow which is ridiculous it just doesn't sound real like I didn't really believe it for a really long time uh, when I was taught this but I I looked through some of the studies and it was it was pretty incredible
0: and that's the one that like most of our members are going to be interested in like the actual performance outcome is that it'll make your body more efficient at taking up oxygen and also do you mean flushing out carbon dioxide as well
1: so you don't necessarily want to flush out carbon dioxide because nope. if you dump all the carbon dioxide, that is a less steep hill again, like a, maybe the, right. the skateboard analogy. So the higher um, you can keep your CO2 all the time, the, the steeper that, that slope you've got and the faster it's going to keep turning over. Um, mm-hmm. The problem with breathing through your mouth is you can breathe so much air out all at once. You can just get rid of all of that carbon dioxide right. and then that exchange happens a lot slower. I see Uh, another thing I'm going back to talking about, like the the nose, having the plumbing involved for breathing. When you breathe out, it releases uh, something called nitric oxide, which basically opens up your blood vessels. So it relaxes them and opens them up. So you can fit more blood through every second or however you want to describe that. So if you do that, breathing through your nose, blood vessels open up your blood pressure goes down and also the amount of blood getting to the muscles and therefore the amount of oxygen getting to the muscles is higher and that kind of goes into to the the 18 times like that kind of plays into that as well it's not like a separate thing um so that would be part of why it's so much more efficient to to breathe through your nose brilliant so yeah, like, I think I've got a couple more things written down here uh, that I know we looked at a study in the, in the course I did for breath work that was on elite runners and they gave them six months to train for it. Six months, uh, 60, or 60% fifty percent of the runners did only nasal breathing for six months and then they had to go and compete. And the other half just trained normal training, however they wanted to breathing through their mouth, nose, whatever they wanted. And all of the people who were breathing through their nose took in less breaths over whatever distance the race was. It was quite a long endurance race and their VO two max, which is quite a standard endurance measurement was not changed whatsoever by only breathing through their nose at maximum intensity in this race. So it shows that it does take time. Like they gave them the six months they needed to get back to where they were. Like if they'd just gone, okay, tomorrow you're doing nasal breathing, probably wouldn't have happened. They probably would have had a reduced performance. But with enough time, you can get back to where you were performance wise with all the other benefits of recovery, feeling good all the time because you're you're not in that fight or flight when you're when you're doing everything um, and just handling your stress better and stuff.
0: Is it quite similar to altitude training?
1: I don't know, don't know. I don't know enough about altitude training to to really say. Um, what I imagine it- it's probably quite similar, like cro- like some crossover benefits and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I just don't know.
0: You see those masks? You see people wearing? Is that Is, it, is that? Are they training so, the f- from
1: what From what I've seen from the masks, they're really good for like warming up your breathing muscles. So, like your your diaphragm needs a bit of resistance to to actually act properly. So, breathing through your nose is really good because. A smaller hole, you're having to work a little bit harder. Your diaphragm works a little bit better. So I think you get the same kind of benefits there. Um, and one of the coaches I follow in the breathing space is called Brian McKenzie. I used to work for, for CrossFit Endurance way back. Um, and that's that was his kind of findings from a couple of different studies he's done was in terms of actually like simulating altitude, it didn't really do the same thing. But in terms of like warming up with it and using it in your warm-up for your before your workouts, their breathing efficiency was much better because they'd warmed up all the muscles a lot better than if they just like went out for a run or jumped on a rower or whatever.
0: Mm. I feel like that's one of those 1% things though.
1: Oh one, yeah. I like mean, if like... you're if you're not going to the Olympics, you don't need a altitude training mask. Like just, just
0: And even if you are going to the Olympics, yeah. you probably don't need that either. Probably don't need it.
1: <laughs> no, probably not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, What about uh, like the actual technique of it? Like, see, obviously we're talking about breathing in and out of your nose. Yeah. But when you're doing it, are you thinking about where it's going in your body? Are you thinking about um, what muscles you're using to breathe?
1: Um, Yeah, I think it's the kind of thing that if you just start doing it in a workout, you're not going to have the mental capacity to do that. Like I, I can't think about my breathing so much when I'm like in the middle of a set of thrusters. Mm. Um, like generally what I would start with is something like the 1990 breathing where you're laying on your back. If your knees are closer to your chest, the closing that angle closing up makes it easier to feel your diaphragm working. So you've just put your hands on your belly. You can feel your breath down and low in your belly a little bit more. And it's just easier than standing up because gravity is not working on you in the same way. Mm. Uh, start with that your body knows how to breathe pretty well like if you look at a baby breathing they're really good at belly breathing we just forget
0: i know but people like, do forget and they, they, yeah, yeah. they breathe into their chest and their shoulders
1: yeah so it's just like a reteaching same as like if someone comes in and they're not very good at squatting we just need to lead them through some really easy non-intense squat reps to get them to, as close to like what we would consider good squat technique before yeah. we like throw them into the metcon where they're doing like a bunch of wall balls or whatever it is it's really fast and you've got lots of other things to think about um same thing same thing really um just practice when it's easy and then eventually it transfers over more into the stuff that's not so easy
0: yeah Mm, okay you
1: have one more point um look through my stuff here I mean I think we kind of got it all there like the yeah. only difference with the with the, you kind of mentioned like chest breathing and sho- like shoulder breathing everything up really really high yeah. in your lungs the the bits that pull the oxygen in there are way more of them at the bottom of your lungs so if you're always breathing up high in your chest you just can't get as much oxygen in because there's not enough of the stuff to pull it in for you whereas if you're breathing low yeah. in your belly there's way more of them they can just all bring in way more oxygen because there's just more of them down there. Uh, yeah. that, I think that's the only thing out of, out of the notes I've got here. I think that's the only thing we haven't touched on already.
0: Yeah. So if you uh, want to practice it, I think probably, yeah, do it in, on Thursdays, but you can practice it yeah. when you're lying in your bed. Really good way to help you get to sleep. Put your hands on your tummy, breathe in and out of your nose Make sure that your your tummy's getting bigger as you breathe in, getting smaller as you breathe out, Um and it's just like a technique, like or, or training a muscle, just like any other. Yeah. Um, yeah. You will get better at it, and obviously, it goes without saying if you are congested, breathe through your mouth.
1: We so there's you actually a, to. there's actually a really good I'm, since starting the whole thing of nasal breathing for the last month or so. I found that like, yeah, like I kind of get like a snotty nose sometimes and it's a bit disgusting, but just take a tissue with you, blow your nose every couple of minutes, you'll be fine. Um, If you only breathe through your nose and your body knows that that is the only way it's going to get air in, Mm. it will find a way. Like it's not going to just like let you die because it wants to breathe through your mouth. Mm. Um, There's some breath holding techniques that we can go through more, probably in class, it takes a little bit longer uh, to clear your nose so that you don't have that kind of stuffed up feeling Mm. but your body's pretty smart like it doesn't want you to die it needs air if it knows it the the nose is the only way it'll put up with it
0: Mm. yeah um do you know a really nice side effect of um pregnancy is (laughs) no what is it um more bogeys
1: oh great yeah that sounds fun can't wait for that
0: It's something that you'll never have to go through um but yeah so but it's not really affected my my nasal breathing just give myself an extra little blow of the nose um we do this lovely um it's so all our breathing techniques that we do in yoga are called pranayama and we do this really lovely one called nadi shodana, and it's alternate nostril breathing i think you would really like it and what i, I, like- I think i've done that before actually
1: yeah yeah i think so yeah.
0: And I like that one because it actually does clear your nostrils as well. Mm, so if yeah. you've got like one, what you'll notice, there'll be one that is maybe slightly stronger, has like a better flow of air. And by the end, you've like cleared it out. So And it's so good. See, like, um, I remember someone in my yoga class like years ago was really scared of flying and she'd learned this technique. And then she did this when she got on the flight and she was, it totally calmed her down. And because all she could oh, focus wow. on was this ultimate...
1: breathing, yeah.
0: Basically, you just cover one nostril with your thumb, you breathe in through one nostril, and then you swap nostrils and breathe out through the other. Oh, and then, okay. like, swap so in through left, out through right, in through right, out through left, and you just keep going. That sounds
1: it, mentally exhausting.
0: <laughs> it's mentally exhausting because you're using your thumb and your pinky, but like, your whole entire focus is on that. And it's again, that, like, yeah. if you're someone who struggles with switching your brain off meditation, that will be a good one for you. So Chris, we talked about nasal breathing for half an hour.
1: Holy shit, okay,
0: that's a lot. Uh, So guys, I hope that's helped. We're going to move on now and answer a couple of questions that we got from our members. Um, Let's answer Chris's question because it is a good one. Okay, so Chris asks, um, what are the most underrated and overrated movements within CrossFit? And his context for that was, which movements give the most bang for their buck and are not used enough and which are just for showing off? (laughs) Right, so what's your initial... Well, we've talked about this just, like, briefly, but we've tried not to talk about it too much so that we've actually got something to talk about here. So what are your thoughts initially?
1: I think it really depends on what your goals are. Like, for general fitness, and, like, when we're programming the workouts for the class the movements that you can get the most range of motion with like the most weight almost are generally going to be better. Like a clean and jerk is better for a workout than a bicep curl because bicep curls, you just don't go very far. You can't lift much weight. Clean and jerk is therefore just better for that. If you want bigger biceps, like you're going to have to do bicep curls because they're just better for that job. So I think it depends on where you're coming from. Um, by saying that, I don't think burpees deserve as much credit as they get given.
0: Oh, I, I do. I think uh, burpees are amazing because there is. Give me another movement that will get you breathing and get you sweating as hard as a burpee.
1: Uh, Bike, row, run. Oh, yeah, okay,
0: okay, but um, burpee. <laughs> clean and Jerks. <laughs> burpee, as you say, uses so many different joints. Yeah um core strength leg strength you need a bit of flexibility and mobility for them I am a huge fan of burpees huge fan anyway um but I I know thing is I wouldn't say that they're overrated because you're never gonna get like someone being like yeah I'm just coming in and working on my burpees today whereas you'll get someone coming in and working on their handstand walk Every I, single day. Yeah. yeah. Every single day. And I think, like, look at how often we we program burpees. Look at how often we program yeah. handstand walks. Like, there's a reason. Yeah. There's a reason. You know, um,
1: yeah. I, I think, like, to qualify what I said, well, it, it doesn't really apply to people in the gym. It more applies to people programming the workouts for whatever program they're programming for. Like, I've seen programs that will have burpees four times in a week. Uh-huh. Like, you just don't need to do burpees that much. Like, once or twice a week is plenty and the same as like we probably do handstands what every couple of weeks yeah um if someone was programming handstands every single day and they're not a gymnastics program like it's just a general fitness program you kind of need to question like is the dosing appropriate there
0: mm, yeah i agree however when you're trying to program in a pandemic when no one has any equipment handstands every day Handstands and burpees every day yeah <laughs> um yeah I think as well, um, people have movement, like there's certain movements in CrossFit uh, where people are like, I am not good enough until I have done this. And, yeah. and if that is the case, then I certainly think it is overrated. Um, so things like muscle-ups, yeah. things like kipping handstand push-ups, actually just things like a pull-up, like a kipping pull-up, and... Um, things that are double unders as well mm-hmm. um things that, that people sort of like pin their value against as well being like uh, and this comes up all the time see when it's competition season and people are like oh I'm yeah. not entering RX because I can't do a pistol squat but yeah. they can yeah. they can do tons of other stuff at a really high level and at a really heavy weight So, um, yeah, I think anything that people pin their value against or.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would totally agree. I would totally agree with that. I think like if if you think that I think this is also is really similar to people's weight loss goals sometimes as well. Like, oh, I will be so happy when I lose five kilos or I'll be so happy when I get a muscle up. And you you probably will be really happy for like all of 15 minutes. And then you're going to look over to someone next to you who's doing 10 muscle ups in a row. And you're gonna feel like piece of shit because you can't do 10 muscle-ups in a row again and like the whole cycle continues and you're sad for another three years until you get 10 muscle-ups in a row mm. um
0: yeah, so totally yeah I,
1: would, I would totally agree that, there
0: like that mindset is so common so common yeah. in all areas of like fitness and health like i will be happy when i achieve this no you won't you need to work on <laughs> you need to work on your happiness right now (laughs) if if you have that attitude with with crossfit training then you're going to be quite unhappy for a very long time
1: yeah and you probably won't last long either like if you're always pinning your happiness to like the achievement of one goal or a collection of goals like what if they don't happen like what if you just set a crazy goal and it's maybe not achievable this year like you're just gonna be like, all right, well that year was a write-off. Like this year sucks. I hate 2021 because I didn't get my muscle up by December 31st. Mm. Like, is that is that the way it's gonna go for you? Then, if even if you trained three times a week every single week, put all of your effort into it, and you're really really close, but you didn't quite, make it, like, does that change how you feel about it? Mm,
0: yeah, totally agree. What about so I think we've we've covered overrated movements is there any other that you think are, are in there
1: um no I think we covered them I think I think what you said with like anything that people are pinning their value to
0: yeah
1: is uh is probably the a pretty okay. good overarching
0: what about things that are underrated the thing is <laughs> I, I know what we're both going to say and I can hear like inside people's heads being like these all sound like really boring movements. <laughs> <laughs> So what do you think are the underrated ones? I oh, think wait, wait, can, I add, can I add in some more to the, overrate, the overrated um, for hang power cleans? Do
1: you think they're overrated?
0: I think, um, I think. yeah, I think they're way overrated. I'm just thinking I love a hang power clean. <laughs> um, I especially love like high reps in a workout, but I'm probably not doing them in a way that is actually... Functional. getting you
1: getting you any better at doing yeah, cleans overall any
0: yeah. no no like see yeah. movements where you can easily sort of adapt uh to make it faster
1: yeah i agree yeah i think if like, my, my favorite example of that was in the crossfit games like uh, maybe like three or four years ago there was like a dt workout and you like look across the line of people and everyone is just like bouncing the barbell off their thighs for the hang power clean Mm -hmm. But Matt Fraser is doing like a perfect hang power clean every single time. And he like smashed everyone. Like it took him like 0.1 of a second more every hang power clean. But like efficiency does play a big part into it. So if you totally change the movement, like there's a reason the hang power cleans are done that way. Like Mm -hmm. if it was easier to bounce off your thighs every time to get the most weight or the most reps, people would already do that. Like in the Olympics, but they don't.
0: Matt Fraser's not burning out his forearms. He's using his legs and his yeah, hips. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and for that, like, same thing, barbell complexes, overrated, wouldn't you think?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Thanks, Sonny Webster.
1: <laughs> oh, don't get me started.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, like, people like, oh, yeah, um, my one rep max, Clean front squat to behind the neck jerk to normal jerk to snatch like that the yeah
1: it's ridiculous so stupid like if you if you can't do it like and sonny webster is different he has been yeah. to the olympics he yeah. is an expert in weightlifting he can do whatever the fuck he wants like he can he can make up any kind of move and he'll probably get better at it hmm. if you can't just grab a pvc pipe and demo a perfect snatch or a perfect clean and jerk you have no business doing that and you're not going to get better from it you're just like stroking your ego yeah and probably having fun like there's no problem with having fun but you need to know the like the actual results that are going to come from that and it's probably not going to be more snatch or more clean and jerk whites
0: yeah agreed okay so i managed to shoehorn a few extra overrated. They were good.
1: They were good ones. I like those ones.
0: Thanks. Um okay, what about underrated?
1: I think anything where you have to hold something statically Mm -hmm. is underrated. So like a hollow hold, a top of pull-up hold, even just hanging from a bar, an overhead hold with a barbell, squat hold, like anything where you're having to like hold a weight, a farmer's carry, anything like that, I think is really really underrated because it's really hard to measure it really like really obviously Mm -hmm. like like, maybe maybe it's maybe it's not that difficult but it's not as easy as like a one rep max back squat or like a a heavy clean or whatever it is
0: Mm -hmm. yeah no i totally agree with you because um in a similar sense uh you can get people that are really strong lifting weights when they've got a barbell dumbbell in their hand, whatever, but those same people maybe aren't strong when it comes to just moving their own body weight Yeah. or yeah. cause um, something Linda said to me recently. So she uh, has been doing yoga all the way through lockdown as part of my classes. And she has noticed that now that she's back at the gym, she feels stronger. Her whole body feels stronger. Her core is stronger, her upper body strength. And, um, stability all of that stuff. And that's just because in yoga you're just holding your own body weight mostly. Yeah. Um, like we'd we'll never use any weights in yoga. Um, so yeah, uh I think that that sort of strength is totally underrated. Like yeah, just definitely. being able to like hold a plank, hold yourself in a, a hollow position, like being able to do that is hard and requires a lot of work, but it's yeah. just not very glamorous, is it?
1: No. And I admittedly it's definitely not as much fun unless you're going for something like like a really heavy farmer's carry is really fun because you can put a lot of weight on it like I, I i you can you should be able to farmer's carry more than your one rep max deadlift so that's like the heaviest thing you'll do in the gym most likely and in, in, like we're not going to be doing that in class like just telling right now we're not doing that but uh mm-hmm. logistically it's a nightmare but like that is probably kind of fun but like accumulating five minutes every day of hollow holds less fun
0: Yes, yeah, totally agree um okay what else
1: we, t- we spoke about turkish get-ups right <laughs> love a turkish get-up
0: yeah yeah Aha, uh-huh, because i mean like it's it's full body movement isn't it yeah. shoulder stability core got some legs in there and um, did you know that paul howell once did a Turkish get up with I think it was 57 and a half kilos on a barbell
1: that's very impressive
0: That's really impressive as well that's
1: really impressive yeah
0: you'll never get him like telling anyone that it's always me
1: (laughs) weird couples uh bragging
0: like (laughs) also not the sexiest thing to like go like so my boyfriend can uh Turkish get-up, 57 and a half kilos.
1: <laughs> yeah, like really obscure number and really obscure movement.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, and Bobby would be so proud of us for saying that yeah, as well. Bobby, Bobby
1: loves Turkish get-ups. Anything kettlebell.
0: I think he's got like just loads of kettlebells at home and that's all he does is kettlebell swings and Turkish get-ups. Now, that personally, for me, would be really boring.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't, th- I couldn't hold myself to just doing that. But it's a nice change from, from time to time. Um, like Going back to what we said about like the, the best bang for your buck movements, in a really fast Metcon, Turkish caps are kind of slow. So it might not be the best choice every single day or every single week to put into something like that. But you should be prepared to do it at some point. Like It doesn't have to be. Every worker doesn't have to be that max out speed. So you can put something in there that's a little bit slower from, mm-hmm. from time to time.
0: Mm-hmm. Um- what about running?
1: I think it's overrated for some people and underrated for others.
0: Yeah, I would say most people that for for most people, running is one of those ones where it very quickly shows up if there's something not right or something that you need to work on, a weakness, an imbalance. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and if that's the case, people will just avoid it.
1: Yeah. Um, i think yeah i i sorry go ahead no know. no
0: no. but um i do agree that obviously some people love it uh, and yeah. not, not for me
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i, like I don't it, particularly like
0: i do love like sprinting and a metcon that's really yeah. fun but i would never choose to like just nip out for a run of an evening No. no
1: i mean i don't yeah i don't particularly like running enough to like be a runner i just i had to run a lot when i did judo and i'm scarred from that so i don't want to have to do all that much
0: why would you run if you did judo because surely we
1: had to to lose a bunch of weight most of the time
0: oh right okay
1: just easy um we would do like every year we would go to belgium and do these conditioning camps for like a week and it was like the hottest week of the year over there and we'd have like running up sand dunes and like running along the beach and all that kind of stuff and i got my i got my fill then i don't don't want to do it outside of a crossfit workout now
0: i think s and c coaches use running far too much um because like for example um i had a client who plays rugby and her coach like she wants to get fit more match fit yeah and then her coach just said you need to run more yeah more miles in yeah you need to go for 5ks you need to go for 10ks now i don't play rugby but i imagine running um for 10 kilometers is nothing like playing rugby
1: no and i'm sure they get those distances in like my my brother plays football and he has like like a distance tracker thing like maybe strava or something like that he uses when he goes training and Mm -hmm. he'll regularly clock up like over 10k in a training session or Mm -hmm. in a match but like that means that you're doing 10k every time you're training or playing you don't need to do yeah. any more yeah. like you're just adding stuff on top of that it doesn't necessarily mean it's better
0: yeah um any last movements so i do like a turkish get up something that so i work um for uh emma uh, esg fitness and we go into like quite a funny discussion one time she absolutely hates kettlebells and i think the reason <laughs> that she hates kettlebells is because um so lockdown started and we had like hundreds of clients on commit to six, and they're all like scrambling to buy equipment yeah and uh you could not get a dumbbell or a set of dumbbells for love nor money um and plus a set like two dumbbells was really expensive yeah what people could find was a kettlebell and um it was we were finding it really annoying because most people don't know how to use kettlebells
1: no they're much harder
0: they're much harder if you've never used one before then like pressing it or squatting it like people don't know how to do it like and and so I can totally understand for that reason why um she found them she hates them um however (laughs) like I I was doing a ward the other day um, that had a uh, power snatch in it and obviously I was like I'm not doing them right now because I don't like I have a big belly yeah. in the way and um, so I did kettlebell snatch instead and I was just thinking I am so glad that I have spent a long time practicing kettlebell snatch because yeah. it, it see when you get it it just feels so satisfying like see yeah yeah that that movement and it's also efficient and it works so well so yeah, I can totally see both sides. I think they're overrated for the general population. However, in CrossFit, like it, I, it can be really technical, and it is worth your yeah. time. It is worth your well learning how to do it properly so that you don't hurt yourself and get big massive forearm bruises when you're doing your, yeah. <laughs> you're doing your kettle snatch.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's like does not get given enough credit for how complex it is mm-hmm. like people are like yeah it's just like a dumbbell snatch. it's easy and then they come away with like a smashed apple watch and a broken forearm <laughs> <Smash> <laughs>
0: apple watch. Um, oh god yeah, see the amount yeah. of times like i've seen people do it with their fancy garment yeah. and i'm like please just take that off take that off
1: yeah yeah like that's that's definitely uh a big part uh, take your watch off please just don't don't leave that on for that or at least turn it around the other way so it's on like the inside of your forearm
0: yeah it's not it's not worth it right okay so we move on I think we have like discussed that to death um, <laughs> let's <laughs> right we've got a question from Jackie sorry Jackie Jacqueline um she has asked us like the- she love. I love the question she asks us because like she's interviewing us Um, as you're both with partners who also train in some form how have you balanced what you need out of training nutrition etc with what your partner needs does it often become quite similar as it is easier to manage whilst also enjoying your relationship um so Jackie and Heather are both members of unit four and maybe that's something they're just currently trying to negotiate right now (laughs) Um, so let's let's say uh, let's discuss this right okay so chris chris's partner sarah is um a crossfit coach and she's also like an aspiring professional crossfitter would you say that's right she'd yeah,
1: say that's pretty accurate
0: she trains yeah, a lot she, she trains a lot and um, she's totally on it when it comes to like her nutrition and she's really dedicated so, how would you? How do you balance what you need out of training and nutrition with what she needs?
1: Um, to be honest, for us, it's never really been a problem. Um, I do not care as much as she does.
0: You are the most chilled out man. I am, yeah, I
1: like. I, I'm happy to make sacrifices if I need to. Like, if we if we're not going to have a food in the house because whatever like if if it's just not gonna fit in with whatever she's eating at the time like on the most part I'm fine with that and she has to put up with me buying massive boxes of cereal and and eating like four portions at a time um uh, we've we've never really trained together like she she's across at Glasgow and she does all of her training there so on the most part we don't really we don't really have that problem no I I can imagine if you're in the same place like Competing with each other every single time you come into the gym, like I'd probably be pretty annoyed if you, well, not if when she beats me in every single workout we went head <laughs> to, to head on, unless it had like something that was way in my wheelhouse.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: she would win every single workout, so um, I could, yeah, I'd probably be a little bit annoyed if that mm-hmm. was the case. But we don't do the same workouts really ever. So I've never had to really deal
0: with that. Oh, that's good. Do you, um, okay, what was the next part of our question? Does it often become quite similar as it is easier to manage while also enjoying your relationship? No, I think that's like, if it gets to the stage where you're not enjoying your relationship anymore because <laughs> because like hey, one of the other heart. problems. Yeah. yeah, see, the thing is you see this all the time. Um, and I, I'm definitely not talking about like you and Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you you see like someone being so <coughs> dedicated to um, their sport um, or in particular CrossFit that you you think that some things are being um, sacrificed. Yeah, and and in my opinion, if if unless you are like a paid professional athlete, then that's extremely selfish.
1: Yeah, I think it. I think it depends on like the expectations that are set. Like if. Mm-hmm. If the expectation was that I don't know, I don't even know how a good example of this. If I was expecting Sarah to be here all the time with me and never be at the gym, and then suddenly she was there three hours a day, yeah, like fair enough. If I get a little bit pissed about that, but like I know that she wants to be uh, a really high level athlete. We've talked about it, and it's not a surprise. It's not like if if she's at the gym for like. Three four hours on a Saturday morning. I I I don't really have a leg to stand on if I get annoyed about it, because we've already discussed what the way it's going to be. Mm. Um, but then I guess it does cut. Like, have you ever read the Five Love Languages book?
0: Oh, I know what the love languages are. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Reading.
1: Um, so have you? So in the have you ever done the test? Uh, I
0: think I know what my love language is. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so I imagine if like if you're not very aligned there so if you like both want very different things and don't express yourselves in the way that the other person needs Mm -hmm. then I'm sure they can come to like some sort of conflict there so if like for me I've one of my main love languages is time together so Mm -hmm. if we don't get any of that because of her training all the time then yeah I'm sure there would be problems but we make a point of like we, we're always together in the evening wow. we t- sometimes have time during the day when we're not working um yeah. so we get we just find ways around it
0: mine are acts of service and gifts so make my dinner and buy me new make
1: <laughs> so i think when i went through the test i think there's like the max score for each one is like 10 or 15 or something like that wow. and i think like my gift score was like one or zero
0: oh really it was
1: super super low i think like acts of service was quite high up there
0: yeah i, I think like gifts gift one. one is very low I'm, I'm actually joking but no acts, <laughs> acts of service and um, time spent what are the other ones um words is it words of affirmation and yeah, then is it affection as well
1: um what's the last one i think it's physical touch physical touch
0: one? yeah uh-huh oh,
1: one.
0: um so as long as i'm getting a high five at the end of the workout. <laughs>
1: And a new pair of shoes and
0: me with that.
1: Paul does all the washing up. Yeah, that's cool.
0: <laughs> um, so like, I I don't think Paul and I have ever had any issue when it comes to like balancing our own training needs because, um, like Paul enjoys exercise probably the same way that I do. Like, I would say maybe I'm a no, I am a lot more competitive than he is, and he's really good at managing that. Even when I'm like, <laughs> I beat you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: um,
0: however, the the probably the the issue that we've come up against is um, nutrition. It's like so. <laughs> what was really funny is Paul has been on uh, a program that I'm running with Emma called Commit to Sex. and now he's on like the sort of running on one called Committed, and it's just like accountability with his nutrition and there's a Facebook group and someone was posting saying oh I'm really struggling because my partner keeps bringing cookies into the house (laughs) and he's like he was like have you seen this Shona that is so selfish I was like that was our entire life before you started Commit to Six um so uh and then another like we I also got asked this question in Commit to Six and it was about um, I almost could have been written by Paul right now because the 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 tables have been completely turned, um, and the person person was asking about his heavily pregnant wife eating all the chocolate and um, how it's like it's hard for him to stick to his goals, and we were we were like, I don't think that you can ever like when it comes to diet. <laughs> Like it's totally fair enough that you want to be dedicated and you want to like try and avoid eating certain things, but you cannot expect the person that you're living with to also adhere to that. Like, um it's just it's just not fair. So it's just going to be a case of like testing your willpower a little bit more. Um and whenever I'm eating chocolate or something and Paul's like, Oh, I want some of that as well, I'm just like, commit to sex. um so yeah like it can it can be quite hard for him right now because I'm not like um I'm I'm just eating in a way that I really enjoy and eating things that whatever I want um and he's like trying to be more dedicated in that sense but um I kind of try and meet him halfway and and avoid like encouraging him so instead of instead of me being like do you want to get a paisano tonight um I will I will uh, have our wrap pizzas instead but um, yeah I think uh, for me the the 100% priority in my life is like enjoying the relationships that I have and then probably second to that is my fitness and my training and all that so um, as long as long as everyone in the relationship is probably on the same boat then it's, it's healthy wouldn't you say?
1: Nailed it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Do uh, does Sarah steal your clothes?
1: Or no, not know? really. Um, she might wear something like my jumper sometimes, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: not normally. She has plenty of clothes. She doesn't need mine.
0: Oh, this she not right. Okay. <laughs> um, I wear quite a lot of Paul's gym kit right now, like his
1: track oh,
0: and really? big jumpers. That was funny. Um. Yeah. So he gets quite annoyed at me when I steal them uh anyway I think we've we've answered that question wouldn't you say
1: I think so I don't really have much more to add to that
0: yeah well I enjoyed that Chris thank you so much fun yeah we need
1: need more questions like that
0: we need more questions like that interviewing us asking us our thoughts on things um and we hope you've we've answered your question on nasal breathing um have a wonderful week and I'll see you soon Chris
1: bye Shona